Um, well, good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Drones for Good podcast. Uh, my name's Andrew Crow, as you well know by now, uh, and today I'm really excited to continue on our journey talking about all things agriculture, farming, ag tech, um, and, and ways that we can help um, our farmers in, in this industry and moving forward. Um, today I've got Meg Kummerer with me here today. How are you, Meg? Yeah, well, thank you. Now, Meg, you're from, uh, you're from two organisations. You're from Fly the Farm and Robot Farm. We're going to talk a hell of a lot about those um, very, very shortly. Um, and welcome along. So uh, first things first, let's talk about you uh, for, for a few moments and at least get our listeners to get your background. Um, so, Meg, you're, uh, you're based up um, sort of towards Toowoomba, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. So we're about 60 kilometres west of Toowoomba. We, yeah, we're on a grain farm here. Right. How big is the farm? Oh, yeah, that, look, that's the wrong person to ask. <laughs> so, look, it's a good couple of thousand hectares. Yeah, so there's a little bit of irrigation, uh, but mostly dry land. So, I mean, there's a bit of a story that goes along with that as well. So, it was my, um, my husband's family's farm and his parents retired and sold, oh, gosh, you know, about eight or nine years ago, about eight years ago. Um, and my husband went away and worked in the aerial spraying industry for five years and three years ago came back working for his cousin who bought our home block. So, yeah, we're still on the farm. We just don't have the stress of, uh, of trying to balance the budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so I'm assuming up there this morning it's pretty bloody cold. I know in Brisbane uh, the minute it gets below 20 degrees you've got to put a second jumper on. So how are you guys going up there this morning? Yeah, look, there was a bit of a frost this morning. Uh, our outdoor thermometer has carved it, so it was, it's a bit of an estimation, but I'd say it would have been about minus one. Um, and, uh, you know, half an, half an hour ago it was, had only made it up to 10 degrees. So it's, yeah, the start of winter. We've got to expect it at some point. We do, yeah. We just um, And then we just keep need to keep looking towards summer again. That's what I always do. Exactly. Live in hope. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, awesome. Hey, um. Meg, before we get into Fly the Farm and, and Robot Farm, et cetera, um, how did you get into this line of work? What, what's your background? You know, how did, we end, how, how did you end up in the industry and, and flying drones? Yeah, so my uh, whole entire career has been based in agriculture. I grew up on a beef cattle property in the Central Burnet. Um, I went away to boarding school. Um, I attended Dobby Agricultural College, which is where I met my husband. Um, and, you know, I guess we had our life lined up as you know, being farmers. And then when his parents sold and retired, you know, we had to look elsewhere. Uh, I went off and worked in the grains industry um, for some not-for-profit in, uh, organisations in that sector for a while. And through that, um, at the 2016 Australian Summer Grains Conference, we had a fellow by the name of Chad Colby come out from the States to talk about drones. And we could not get anyone to come to the conference to sell drones. It was you know, pretty early on, and I don't know if they could, couldn't see the value in coming to an agriculture conference, I don't know, and I said in frustration to Chad, maybe I should go into selling drones, this is ridiculous, and he said, yes, you should. <laughs> so he, he essentially helped me get set up. Um, initially, it was with um, Flying Ag, so Flying Ag uh, for farmers in the States, um, I think, well, they're in uh, Iowa and Illinois, I think, and maybe Indiana. And one was in California and they started up a business selling, selling drones uh, using their farming background. And so that's how I started, which is a really great introduction to the industry. You know, it gave me a lot of support and, you know, helped me learn the ropes. Um, but then I've, you know, uh, in September, October 2017, could really see that, you know, the way they were doing things in the States was different to how 
things were happening here in Australia. So I went out on my own as um, Fly the Farm. And so that's how, yeah, how I got started. So, yeah, I guess for me it's, you know, agriculture is my primary interest in all of this. And I've always had a love of technology. So it's a way of bringing both of those things together into, into a career for myself that, you know, ultimately helps you know, others in, in agriculture get into drones. It sounds, uh, it sounds like a very similar story to um, my, the last podcast I recorded was with Will Wilson from Calliope Station. And uh, Will is just a salt of the earth bloke, I, I think. And um, he spoke a lot about, you know, we, we need to be better. We need to be more efficient. We need to be more sustainable. We need to be more effective. Um, and then he had this love of, you know, he's got a real love of um, innovation and technology as well. So it looks like you've coupled a, a couple of different, um, I guess, loves there in, into now what is a, a career for you. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I do agree, you know, it's all about that profitability, productivity and sustainability. I mean, it's, yeah, just helping, you know, those incremental improvements that we need to make in ag. I see, um, I see in, in Australia, this whole ag tech or drones in ag is, is still building and maturing. Do you have any insight as to how that's going in the States? Are we behind the curve? Are they doing more? What's your, what's your thoughts? Oh, look, it's hard to compare because they're completely different farming systems, you know, the states compared to over here. In some respects, yeah, they are ahead of things. Um, but, you know, Australians have, Australians have always, I mean, Australian farmers have always been innovators because of, you know, the situation that we're in. You know, we don't get mm. the subsidies that they do over there. So, you, you know, Australian farmers really have always had to be on the ball with uptaking technology um so I, I find perhaps the uptake potentially may not be as much as in the states but we're, we're probably doing you know i guess a bit more technical stuff perhaps than what than what they are yeah and i think um you know from talking and uh, and from hearing about people, and, and we, we were up at Beef Week, Beef Week recently, or Mirigan was up there, I wasn't, we had a couple of people up there, and um, I hear, you know, we're not only using technology and drones just to, to do things, we're, we're using them to help sustainability into the future, um, and that whole, you know, social requirement sort of thing, making sure that, um, as sort of Will put, re- put previously, we, we want to give the land back in a better condition that we received it in the first place. Are you seeing... Are you seeing a change, I guess, in, in or, or an increase in how we're using um, drones in that respect? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's been a bit of, well, there has been work being done, say, using drones to identify weeds in fallow paddocks. And instead of doing a broad acre spray over a whole field, you know, by identifying where the weeds are, then, a, you know, it's a big cost saving. So, you know, it comes into that um, profitability side of things, but also the sustainability by not, putting on as much chemical to control weeds as what we might have in the past and being a bit more selective about it. So, I mean, in, in that regard, you know, that's a huge, a huge thing. Um, and, you know, there's also resistant weeds that we're having issues with and, you know, being able to identify them. So when you put a spray over, you can go back in three weeks' time and pick up the ones that are, that are having issues and then look at methods then of controlling from there. And so, you know, it's, yeah, I think that drones will have a big future in, you know, and that's just one example. And that's, um, you know, it's funny because I think I think that when people think of drones, they think of cost saving. And, um, you know, th- th- what you just said then is that that case study, I guess, is a really important thing for people to see that not only using drones in, say, weed spraying, not only are we saving money and probably doing it quickly, but we're not just 
um, carte blanche, you know, spraying an entire field full of chemicals and then walking away. We are, you know, really selective in what we're doing, which is which is really important from a sustainability perspective, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk about um, your organisation. So, so you've got two um, kind of cool uh, organisations that I've done a bit of um, a bit of looking at. So we've got yep. uh, Fly the Farm, and then we've got um, Robot Farm. And I'm really excited about Robot Farm actually because I'm a closet nerd and I really like that stuff. But let's talk about Fly the Farm first. Um, what's it all about? What, what's the aim of it? What's the problem? You know, you're trying to solve for the industry. Yeah. So. As I said, you know, back in 2016, I identified that there was a real need for someone with that agricultural experience to provide drone drones and drone solutions to farmers, you know, somebody that they could call up, have a conversation with that could understand what they're trying to achieve and then point them in the right direction when it came to uh, buying a drone or choosing the right drone system. So that's, you know, that's in a nutshell what... Fly the Farm is about, you know, I guess we call it delivering drone solutions for Australian ag- agriculture. Um, so, you know, being able to utilise my experience from uh, the cattle industry and then also co- uh, cotton and grains to, to, help, to help them make good decisions. So we, uh, at Merrigan, we talk about two kind of different um, delivery models, I guess, for this sort of stuff. We talk about do it for you, so we go and do it for somebody, or we, we have a do it with you where, you know, they probably still do it, but we, we, we would help them from a consulting perspective or help them, you know, select the right technology. Do you do that as well, or do you only get out and fly with them, or how, how do you sort of deliver these services? Uh, so I don't actually provide any services. I don't fly commercially. It's all about... Um, yeah, helping them choose the right drones. Yeah, I sell them. Uh, and But, you know, I'm also quite willing to say a drone is not the right solution for your problem. Let's look at satellites, for, for instance. And there's, you know, some great companies out there doing work with satellites, um, particularly on Broadacre, you know, where you're talking about paddocks that are 1,000 hectares. You know, it's just not feasible at this stage for drones to... to, to give some of the information that they're looking for. So, you know, satellites. So it's... It's more of a, yeah, I guess, yeah, for me, it's, it's listening to what they need, um, what they're looking for, and then helping them on the journey to, to make, you know, to get the end result that they're looking for. Yeah, that's really cool. I, li- I like that idea. It's, it's that do it with you piece. It's them. Yeah. You're still empowering them to do it. And I don't know, there's some saying about give a man a fish or something and he'll eat for a day or something or teach him to fish and they'll, they'll do it forever or whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's along those sort of thinkings where uh, let, let's let's help them to understand how to do it. Let's ensure they're not sold to by a used car salesman or a snake oil salesman. They select the right technology and, and move on, um, which, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and interestingly, uh, what you said, what you said before, I really like, which is, you know, sometimes drones are not the solution. And I think, I think personally, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, but some some farmers, and not only farmers, some organisations have been burnt because people have said drones are the best and they can do everything. And and here's here's a drone you should buy and, and go and do it. And then they buy the drone, and they go and do it, and it doesn't work. Um, and, and that's where you know the industry, our industry, kind of shoots itself in the foot. Have you seen a bit of that, you know, along, along your journey? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you, d- you definitely do. And you speak to farmers who have had that experience of, I've got this drone, it's been sitting in my cupboard for X amount of years, you know, not even months, like, you know, let's talk years, and they've really had little to no use for it. Um, and so, you know, for me, you know, I-, I would hate to sell a drone to somebody and then not to use it, you know, I'd pr- much prefer for them, if they're not using it, come back, you know, 
you know, when people buy a drone, I'm more than happy for them to, and you know, living on a farm, it's awesome. We've got plenty of space so they can come back. You know, I like to get them comfortable flying the drone and, you know, if, if they can, if they're, you know, somewhere close by, you know, we, we get them in and uh, set it up and do some test flights and things. But yeah, I, I just think that, oh man, if I had a dollar for every uh, person that I turned on to satellites, you know, I'd be doing all right. So yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I've got a pretty good relationship with uh, a fellow in Toowoomba who has, he's a pioneer in the uh, precision ag world and has set up, you know, has a really good satellite information company. And so that's been really good to, you know, to see him develop as well. And, you know, it's complimentary, you know, he'll say, look, you know, what I'm, what you're looking for, a a satellite isn't going to provide, you know, when you're looking for that really, really in-depth stuff, satellites aren't going to provide that information. It's when it comes back to drones. So, it's, it's a nice thing both ways that, you know, for people in the, these industries to recognise the limitations of, of what they're providing. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's really important. We've got to be, you know, honest. And as you just said before, you know, we've got to work together and collaboration is, is a big thing that I've been pushing. You know, I've um, I've been flying drones, you know, in the Army for 15 years and then got out and I've been in this industry, you know, the civilian industry for two, you know, two years, two or three years. Um, and I've I've been really surprised at how little people collaborate. They have their own little area and they refuse to talk to other people. Um, obviously, you, you might see a bit of that and, and you've got some people you collaborate with. Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably one of my biggest frustrations about the industry. And I guess it possibly comes about from my work within not-for-profit agriculture. So, because mm. I'm a little bit insane. So, aside from fly the farm and robot <laughs> farm, which is, you know, like completely a bit bonkers, but... I also am executive officer for the Grains Research Foundation Limited. So it's a Queensland-based organisation that um, tries to bring farmers and researchers together about, um, yeah, grains research in particularly in the Queensland space. So, you know, we take groups of farmers over to the States looking at sorghum research and things like that. And I'm also currently vice chair of the Australian Summer Grains Conference. So, like I said, I'm completely insane. Um, But, yeah, I guess that's been my frustration is, you know, there's so much collaboration, like, even though farmers, you know, there is a bit of competition, you know, you're always trying to outdo your neighbour, there is so much more collaboration within agriculture um, and it has been a really big frustration of mine that the drone industry is just not like that um, or not the part that I see. It, it certainly happens but not to mm. the scale as what it happens in ag, I guess. And so anyway, I do get a little bit frustrated but, yeah, that's what, I'm here also to do is, you know, I love helping people within industries and outside industries. Um, yeah, it's, it has been good. So it sounds like you're pretty busy. You've also got, got a couple of kids, do you, and, um, and yeah, yeah. on a property. So there's, um, there, must be, there must be not much spare time. No, no, but, you know, you've got to keep busy. You do. Um, so uh, talk to me about um, auto- autonomous systems in agriculture. So um, I've heard of a few, you know, a few case studies. You spoke of one um, just before, but can you talk to me about what, what are some of these farmers doing? You know, and, and the reason I ask is because if, if this podcast can reach one person and that one person thinks, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that drones could do that, then, then I've, done, I've done my bit, you know, I think, for, for our industry. So can you talk to a few examples of what you've seen or what, what you think people could use, you know, unmanned systems for or drones for? Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, that, that one that I said before about, you know, using drones to identify weeds, I mean, that's a huge thing. I mean, we're pretty lucky here on our farm. We've got a weed it, which is 
a sprayer that has cameras on it and it only sprays the weeds, but they're really expensive to get into and not everyone has that capability to go out and buy a, you know, $200,000, $400,000 piece of equipment that has one use. So having a drone that can come in and and do that and make use of equipment that they already have. So the majority Mm. of them would have their own sprayer um, and they might have to make a few adjustments to it, but, you know, it's better than, you know, which might cost them, say, 50 or something, but it's better than going out and spending 200 and um, it only getting used a couple of times a year. So, I mean, that's one really big one that I can really see will be a big benefit. Um, I mean, there's also, I mean, there's there's so much that can be done, um, you know, even moving into horticulture with, you know, I see some people doing, you know, counts of broccoli heads and, you know, mm. things for marketing, um, you know, yeah, there, there is just a lot of different stuff out there that they can do. And I guess um, one of the other things that I've been working on in the last couple of years is the drone spraying side of things, which I guess mm-hmm. comes from our, you know, our farming background. You know, here we use manned aircraft um, and, you know, my husband working in that aerial spraying industry, not in a plane, thank goodness, you know, grand operations for five years has been, I guess, a bit of a catalyst for me to step up into that. So that's been, you know, watching that sector grow has been quite interesting and it'll be interesting, yeah, it'll be good to see to see that area develop. Yeah. And have you seen um, have you seen much in the way of sort of mustering and things and, and counting heads of cattle and, and doing all those sorts of things on bigger properties? Yeah. Um, that's probably where, you know, the vast majority of my drones have been going in in more recent times is into livestock properties. Um, I've got one uh, one property in the central Burnet. I mean, they the drone goes in the truck before the horses do of a morning. I mean, it's so key to, to how mm. they now do their mustering. It makes their life so much easier. Um, I mean, even my dad, who is 84, so he still runs the cattle property at Gainda and he, on occasion, when he... When I find, when I have to get him to set the drone up, drone up, and he he does use it, you know, to try and find cattle that he's missed when he's when he's mustered. Um, so yeah, it really is you know a growing thing, and anything that adds that safety into it as well. You know, like mm. if you're on really really hilly country, then anything that adds a bit of a safety benefit can only be good. Yeah, this is not necessary to drive up that, you know, drive over there or drive up here or drive around there. Um, I guess particularly as you know, we're seeing more and more floods happen too through properties. If if we can send out, you know, drones to go and see where our where our livestock are, then we're not sending people out there. So it's um it, it's a really good use. Exactly. Yep. Something I didn't go over and I do want to go because it excites me, robot farm. Um so when I heard robot farm and I I had it in the immediate thought about what, what robot farm was um, and it's a little bit different on the website can you can you talk to our listeners about robot farm because i think it is really cool yeah so the idea with robot farm um my kids go to our, our youngest is still at primary school there's 57 kids in our school uh and yeah they probably don't get that experience with robotics and stem and coding like i imagine kids in city schools get um so yeah it's a, it's going to be a long-term project because, you know, the drones keep me pretty busy. But I really want to see, you know, have kids in rural areas get the same experiences with STEM and robotics um, as, you know, urban-based schools would get. Uh, because I just think, you know, if, if you know, there's going to be a lot of development happening within and, you know, with and for ag in the future. And, you know, if some of these kids from out west can drive 
what they need or what you know they can see in the future is going to be needed, then I just think that's really fabulous. And you, you don't know what you don't know. Like I'm, I'm a bit naughty. You know, I'm the kind of mum who pulls my kids out of school and I, you know, take them to the World of Drones and Robotics Congress for the for the con- conference. It was fabulous and they loved it. You know, saw things that they would never ever see at their little 57 kids school. So. And, you know, it really gets, you know, particularly my youngest. I mean, she, I made them give a presentation when they got back to school. Um, yeah. And, you know, she had her class engaged for half an hour talking about robotics and what she saw. And, so, yeah, I just want other kids in rural areas to have that same experience. So it's a bit of a long-term project. Um, I wish I had a bit more time. So it's all about, you know, what I envisage is, you know, something that teachers find easy to implement. So, you know, essentially here's a little package for you to help, you know, to get your kids going with robotics. That's that's the end goal, but, you know, it'll take me some time. And it seems like it um, – so, so there's, there's sort of kits that people can buy um, online and, and I guess you, you send them out to them and then it looks like there's some things um, – that they can use, you know, it might have an iPad app or something and they're actually coding the equipment. I think it's that's quite important because, um, you know, this world is not getting any less digital. Um, analog is now gone and, and we're going to move, we're, we're in a digital age. So is that the, is that what you, is that the problem you're trying to solve as well? Is that, you know, these kids, you know, as you said, 57 kids, my son, my son's primary school in prep, he's got 150 in prep um, in their primary school. So is that what you're trying to do to make sure that these country kids are not, you know, being left behind? purely due to the fact of numbers? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, you know, there's already some really great innovation out there happening. Um, you know, there's Swarm Farm, which is Andrew Bait up in the Emerald or Gindi area. And I just really, you know, yeah, I just think his idea is really fabulous. And, you know, it's not drones, but it is unmanned, um, unmanned land robots essentially for farming. And I just, I just look at what he's achieved um, with his business and just think, wow, you know, like this is a guy from the bush who who saw a need and, you know, just made it happen. And obviously he's seen and heard something somewhere that has taken him down this path. But it, And if he hadn't have seen or heard this, then we wouldn't have these unmanned farm, farm robots. So, yeah, that, that's kind of the idea around it is, you know, I really just want to get um, other rural kids um, engaged in this. You know, if it doesn't interest them, that's fine. But if it does, then, you know, our industry will be all the better for it. Hmm. So why are we not using unmanned systems or drones or whatever we want to call them? Why are we not using them as much as what we could? Or, or, or do you have any, I guess, um, you know, fallacies that the people come, you know, come across that, that you can share, you know, and, and just kind of debunk some of those, those types of rumours? Um, I mean, there's lots of different reasons. I mean, some people just don't have an interest and that's fine. Yeah. You know, not everyone has an interest in everything. Um, and it's probably, you know, it comes back to what we said before, like in the past, some of this stuff has been oversold and, um, you know, we just, we need to get past some of that. Um, but realistically, you no, know, if people can't see that there's going to be a profitable outcome or a time saving or productivity outcome, then, you know, they'll kind of um and ah, oh, you know, I don't really need it. It's not something I really need. Um, mm. I think, you know, there's some of the barriers that, that, we'll, that we'll face. And I find anything ag tech, you know, it doesn't, it's not just drones, it's anything, can be a hard sell, you know, because farmers are, you know, while they, they want to be better, they're always a little bit hesitant. You know, they don't want to invest in something and it not do the job. So, 
Yeah, that makes a bit of sense. And I've come across um, some people who just purely, um, they, they get up every morning, they get on the tractor, they, they go out, you know, on the property, they have no interest in, in, a, in a drone doing it for them. But it's interesting when you meet some of those people and typically, and I'm stereotyping a little bit, typically they're, they're kind of older and, and their generation is, is sort of going to move on in the next, you know, 10 or 15 years. And it's interesting because you then you then meet their son or, you know, whoever's coming through behind them and they're very keen to, you know, look at it, yeah. adapting new technologies. Do you see a bit of that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, in the next uh, few years as, you know, we get that generation swap, you know, that I think that will be the catalyst to a lot of this stuff changing. And, you know, I had some, I had some really interesting conversations with people, you know, probably in the last six months, you know, like a, a young fellow who's just come back on and taken over the farm. And, you know, I mean, what he wants to achieve is just mind-blowing, you know, with autonomous drones and autonomous tractors. You know, he wants his whole farm to be autonomous. And it um, you know, it's really great to see, you know, you, you're always going to have those people, you know, the early adopters who are in there mm. really wanting to make a change. And, you know, farmers do, you know, the other thing with farmers is, you know, we're, we are always peering over the fence to see what our neighbours are doing. So you know, once you start getting some of those guys out there doing the, you know, the really, really uh, hardcore stuff, then I think, you know, that will also help tip the balance a bit. Yeah, which is a good segue. What's the future? What is the future of farming and what's the future of ag tech going to, you know, do you think it's going to look like if you could look 10, 20, 50 years into the future? What's your thoughts? Oh, crikey. Um, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> a, a tough one question. for anyone. That's a very... <laughs> um, oh, look, you know, I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen with drones in six months' time, you know, let alone um, <laughs> 10, to, 10 to 20, but... Oh, look, I think there'll be, there'll be a lot more automation. Um, there'll be a bigger focus on sustainability. So, you know, us having to, you know, prove and back up what we do with, with data. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, part of it is going to be data is, you know, like they say, data is gold. So, you're making sure that we're mm. making the use of a lot of that. And I think there's still a lot of room for decision-making when it comes to the data that we've already got. Um, there'll be changes there. Um, look, you know, I don't think, you know, there's a saying that goes, you know, the best fertiliser for a crop is, you know, the farmer's boots in the field or something like that. And I, I think that that's still really, you know, that's, you know, this notion that, you know, we're all going to be sitting back on the couch, you know, with our iPad and you've you, you, you got your um, tractor out there doing its thing by itself and a drone flying over and making sure everything's happening. You know, I don't think it'll be quite, that far um <laughs> i think we still need to have a little bit of romanticism about agriculture but yeah, yeah look you know yeah i think it'll come down to the you know a lot of the sustainability stuff and uh, will be some of the key drivers to any of this ag techs going forward yeah cool so um changing changing topics uh slightly um so I'm uh, so, so I go along to a lot of the events you go to, you know, World of Drones and the Australian Association for Unmanned Systems events and et cetera, et cetera. And as I'm emceeing things or I'm or I'm um, you know uh, a panelist on, on a panel or or I'm uh, moderating sessions, I look out in the crowd and I see you know 90% blokes. I see 80% blokes. You know, I see a hell of a lot of guys um, and not a bigger pickup as women. You know, in this industry, which you know is is a challenge for a lot of industries, but I think this industry is one where there kind of isn't a reason, or, ex or there might be a reason, but there's not an excuse for that. What, why do you think that's the case? Uh, what, why do you think there isn't greater participation? And, and I guess the follow-on to that is, well, how do we change that? How do we get more women in, into this industry? 
Yeah, look, I mean, it comes down, I don't know, a little bit to interest. So, I mean, not everyone has that interest, but but making it, you know, making these conferences accessible. So, you know, for me, you know, to go to some conferences, I have to take my kids just, you know, because there'll be things happening on the farm and my husband can't, you know, can't be there to, um, you know, particularly in the evenings to to pick the kids up off the bus, you know, if they're flat out doing work. So, you know, accessibility is part of it. Um, yeah, having more women speakers and, you know, I'm not, a big one for, you know, having women for women's sake. You know, there are plenty of women out mm. there doing great job in the industry uh, and maybe we just need to, you know, highlight them a little bit better. And, you know, I guess us as women, we're not great at doing that at the best of times anyway. We kind of just do our thing and, you know, don't really Let care about be. that side. Yeah. Let it be, you know. So, um, you know, we're, well, I, you know, I know that I can be my worst enemy when it comes to that. You know, I'm quite happy to just sit here on the farm and, and do my own thing. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, to make it a, you know, a change, you know, just you know, maybe we just need to invite, you know, if we're going along to a conference, just say to a friend, you know, look, I'm going along, you know, I've got an extra ticket, would you like to come? Or, um, yeah, it is a tough one. But, you know, I think you know, that, that accessibility perhaps, you know, I don't know, having childcare, you know, some of our ag conferences, you know, the Australian Cotton Conference has a, a kids club so that, you know, the kids, yeah, right. the, you know, the so kids, the kids go to that. To come along. Yeah, so your yeah. whole families go along to it, um, and it's been like that. Oh gosh, you know, for a long time, you know, our we would all go to cotton conference. You know, the kids would go off to kids club, and we'd go off and sit in sessions and and uh, and network. So yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that is one idea that that can be brought to some of these conferences to make it more available. That's a really cool idea, and, and not one that I've heard from anybody else. I think um, I think that's something that I'll certainly take away and and um, you know pass on to people as well. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. I, you know, can you Are imagine you, like a um, you know the, say the, you know a, a drone and robotics congress with a kids club? You know how cool would that kids club be with you know drones and robots and all the stuff that you could do? It'd be really cool. And I think you, you're exactly right in what you said earlier. You know, you said you, you took the kids along and, um, you know, took them out of school to, to go to that and, and they got a lot out of it. And we've done that before. I mean, not, not from a work perspective and it's a bit looser than what you're talking about, but even just a holiday perspective, you know, take them out of school for a week, go on a holiday. Um, my daughter did made a movie up, you know, that she then, we put it into um, iMovie on, on the laptop. And yeah, it's just getting them to do different things, isn't it? That's um, not, not the norm. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you spoke. Um, you spoke briefly just before and a couple of times about World of Drones and Robotics Congress uh, that's here in Brizzy. It's coming back again this year. Um, Mirigan was was the major sponsor last year. We loved it. We had the podcast booth. It was a great. It was a massive, but it was a great couple of days. We talk about you know influential women and, and people that are uh, in our industry doing good things. And Kath Ball is is a great example of that. Um, are you coming back to World of Drones this year? And, and what, are you, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I certainly am. Uh, look, you know, it's it's as much about meeting people as the conference itself. You know, there's always really, really great speakers, but it's getting out and meeting others in the industry, and particularly for me, um, you know, who kind of sits in my little office here on the farm and doesn't get to network a whole lot. It's great to, you know, to get out and talk and learn from others. Um, it's, yeah, I really think, you know, we really need to make you... Um, be a best use of these conferences that we have you know without them uh you know to lose them would be terrible so you know i think it's really important to get out there and, and make sure that we that we support these conferences because there's so much that can be learned and shared and connections that can be made you know when we were talking about um 
uh, you know, bringing the industry together. Well, that's how these, you know, what these conferences are good at. So, you know, the collaboration side of things. Yeah, I agree. And we we go to those conferences not to just not to make money as well, to, to meet people and find out what people are doing and think, wow, that's a, that's an amazing, you know, um, use of capability or, or whatever, um, whatever that might be. And given we had COVID last year, it's good to get to some of these things and catch up with people and, and meet people again. Exactly, exactly right. Hey Meg, we might uh, we might leave it there this morning. We, we've just tipped over the thirty minute mark, and and I like to keep these things short and sharp to um, to allow our listeners to just listen to it on the way into work. Um, before I sort of wrap up uh, or anything, would you mind just giving your businesses a bit of a plug? Where where can they sort of find more information? How can they get in contact with you? You know, you spoke before. Not only are you doing all this drone stuff, you're doing all this other grain stuff. Um, you know, how, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so um, the website is www.flytherfarm.com.au um, and that's a really good base to go if you want to get in contact with me. You can book a 30-minute complimentary chat um, to, you know, if farmers are wanting to get stuck into drones or people from outside of ag are wanting to get into drones. You know, I love being able to talk to people and understand what they're trying to do. Um, so that's, you know, for probably the best point of, uh, point of call is to go there and, you know, from there... Uh, get in touch but also yeah robotfarm.com.au um and then yeah the grains research foundation was the other company that um organization that i work with and then australian summer grains conference so if the grains industry um but in particular you know summer crops corn sorghum um soybeans sunflowers uh among beans are the your interests then uh yeah certainly come along to our conference it's always a lot of fun um yeah so that's pretty much me i'm on most socials you'll find me somewhere awesome um <laughs> hey thanks again meg for joining us this morning it's great to chat um all the way from brisbane all the way out to 60 kilometers west of Toowoomba. so i think we're finally at this point of covid got technology sorted and we can do things via zoom which is nice um, I guess I just wanted to say, similar to what I said to Will, you know, thanks for all, all the work you do for our, our farmers and working with them. And sometimes it can be fairly thankless. And I'm sure there's a hell of a lot of time and effort you put in personally that never gets remunerated. So, um, you know, we we all, us city slickers, you know, appreciate that because um, I think at times we don't appreciate just how difficult it is to get, you know, food on our table. So thank you for what you do. No, thank you. And thank you very much for the opportunity. It's always good to to have a chat and share about what's happening in ag. And maybe uh, we'll see you at World of Drones and I think the podcast boot's coming back. So let's uh, let's get together and, and have a chat there again as well. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Meg. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.